Sanctuary Podcast. The Trans Sanctuary Podcast. With Alan Banks. It's the Trans Sanctuary Podcast, episode 109. A very special mix is incoming from our headline DJ, Simon Patterson. I also had a chat with him, and you'll be able to listen to that exclusive interview in the second half of this show. Up first, straight in with it, and nice to see this guy back, a previous host to the podcast, and a chap who will be performing at our after party on the 12th birthday. An exclusive mix from Tristan C. Welcome back, sir. This is the Trans Sanctuary Podcast with Alan Banks.
This is the Trans Sanctuary Podcast with Alan Banks.
Escape.
Tristan C in the mix and you'll be able to catch him at our after party on March the 18th at Egg alongside Ben Gold, Danny Eaton, Kenny Palmer and more. Final tickets are still available. A little bit more on that later, but let's get back to those tunes.
the Trance Sanctuary Guest Mix.
This is the Trance Sanctuary Podcast with Alan Banks.
Trance Sanctuary Guest Mix. Nice to have him back, Tristan C., a previous host to this very podcast, giving us a little snapshot of what you can expect from him on March 18th, where he takes his place behind the decks at Egg for our after party, making up an epic lineup including Bengal, Danny and Kenny Palmer, New Spirit, and Hamza. Head to transsanctuary.com to secure your place if you haven't already. We've, uh, we've got my interview with headlining DJ and debutant Simon Patterson on its way. And he also did a special exclusive mix just for you lot. But up first, it's our tune of the month. Back in November, Sean Tyus played at Trance Sanctuary and tested out this tune on the dance floor at Ministry of Sound. The early prototype didn't have a vocal until Carrie came along and added her touch of magic to fill that missing piece and turn it into the monster it is now. Out to buy now, Sean Tyus and Carrie, anywhere, our tune of the month. Tune of the month. Sanctuary Podcast with Alan Banks.
Sean Tyus and Carrie Anywhere. That's our tune of the month on this episode. Stay tuned, we've still got my top three tracks and my exclusive interview with Simon Patterson. You will want to keep listening. The Artist Spotlight. So on to our artist spotlight and a name I've already mentioned on this podcast, making his debut at our after party, Kenny Palmer has recently seen releases on Subculture with his track called Against All Odds and he is currently riding high on Beatport as its 15th best-selling trance artist. No mean feat, well done sir. He's back on Trans Essential Recordings with this Stormwind. The Artist Spotlight. Stormwind from Kenny Palmer, our up-and-coming tune of the month and out to buy now. We're building up to our mammoth 12th birthday celebrations at Ministry of Sound on March 18th. Kenny will be there, and so will our next guest, Simon Patterson. That's coming up after my top three tracks. Alan Banks' Big Three. 
It's been a while since we've had an original track from the Noble Six, 2020 to be precise. And that was a track called The Oracle. And as we enter 2023, there's a new one on Future Sound of Egypt. And he's exploring some more space themes this year, I feel. Check out the very beautiful astral projection in a three. Number
Turkey and making a debut to Pure Trance Neon and already with appearances on Seven and Discover. He also made a nice surprise appearance on the Future Sound of Egypt's 750 compilation at the end of 2022. Selim Ozkaya, I'm really hoping I pronounced that right. He continues to impress and he's in at number two. This is Shamrock. Number two. Number two.
So in at one, he's been working on this for a while and it finally sees a release. We've seen one remix come out, uh, that was from Marlo at the tail end of 2022. But this remix matches the vocals brilliantly and gives it the energy boost it very much needed from the legends BT and vocalist Jess. Every other way, Adam Ellis on Remix, my number one track this month.
that is turning in a blistering remix of the classic dance track from BT and Jess. Will you hear this at Trans Sanctuary? Who knows? Only one way to find out. Book your tickets on transsanctuary.com. Your chance to see Simon Patterson, John Askew, Ben Gold, Kira McCauley, Stoneface and Terminal, Meta and Glide, Dan Thompson, and a host of others as we celebrate 12 years of Trans Sanctuary back at Ministry of Sound. Final tickets are available. Once they're gone, they are gone. Making his debut as the guy I'm chatting to next. This is the Trance Sanctuary Podcast with Alan Banks. There are very few producers who can claim to have dominated the Beatport trance charts with 26, that's right, 26 consecutive number ones while maintaining that credibility in both the underground and overground. He helped shape a new tech sound within trance, both as Dogzilla, but also when he dropped F-16 in 2006 under his own name, Simon Patterson. He's part of the Seven Group alongside John Askew, and he'll be doing a very special producer set. And making his debut to the pie, and... We thought I'd have a chat with him. Simon Patterson, welcome to the Trance Sanctuary podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to be here. You're making uh, a debut at Trance Sanctuary in March. It's been a while since you've been back to London, isn't it? Yeah, and it's bizarrely because obviously this night's been running for such a long time and I don't know, I just never had the opportunity to visit it or... um, play there so yeah super excited to i've heard so many great things um about this night and yeah really excited to be there and play it's going to be awesome and a producer set as well so it's you know it's a little bit of nostalgia for me because the last time i did a producer set in england was wow a long time ago um so yeah it's good good to come back and give the people what they want i guess yeah and you you recently put on uh, instagram uh, you put it out to the fans what they'd like to hear have you obviously there's always going to be the, the the big the big tracks that are always going to be mentioned and featured but have you been doing any kind of any kind of crate digging have you been looking through your old collection and see if there's been any hidden gems that maybe people have forgotten about you know what the thing about it is with me is like you know once these tracks are done i just you know i just move on because i'm so rinsed of them you know apart from the likes of us and stuff like that which is you know different but Mm. you know all this maybe only like you know for example you know like we'll see for example like you know it was a b b side of bulldozer like i would never go back and play that stuff um because that's not people don't really also know that um but so i tend to forget i need to go through my my discog my discography and yeah take a look yeah, I just want to, it's about getting the right balance between the old stuff and where I'm at now as a producer because, you know, I, I, I don't always want to be thought of as, oh yeah, 15 years ago you were, God, is it that long? Yeah, 15 years ago you were you were that good, you know, or and, and now you're shit, so. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I mean, where, where are you? You're far from that. I mean, you just had the recent track Voodoo, which was released in September. Where, where are you at musically now? What's, what's going on in 2023 for you? Yo, I am literally so busy. Um, I, I basically, I'm in the middle of doing an album, and um, I, I, I did so many tracks during lockdown. Um, 
that were just sort of templates, you know, a mixture of one, two, eight, a mixture of techno, a mixture of everything, really. And they're just sitting here, and um, there's about 35 tracks. Um, so I'm going to have to whittle those down to like 12 for an album. In the meantime, I have to do like maybe five releases this year, six. So just, I, I have been nonstop working since you know, early last year and during COVID, um, I've been going back to school um, to learn audio engineering, which uh, was a bit of a waste of time. So I know quite a lot of it. So I've now just gone back and started a course on um, mixing and mastering because that's really what I wanted to learn. So I, I'm pretty busy on, in, you know, with what's been musically, but I have so many tracks, mate. Um, I've changed my style quite a lot to um, more fast, techno but with sort of I wouldn't say side trance bass lines but you know very running quick bass line but nice pretty fat clean kicks um, so I'm really in that vibe right now um, and of course you know the older stuff the other stuff like size stuff I do but you know I, I'm just trying to make the melodies darker and yeah it's it's my, my style is all over the place and, it, and it's good in a way, because I remember a couple of years ago, you were talking about how you lost all your creativity. So it's, it seems that it's kind of, it's all come back again now, yeah? Is, are you, you're back yeah, in a good yeah. place. Back in a good place, yeah. I just know what works for me now. Like I said, it's routine, health and structure, and uh, it's taken me a long time to realise that. Um, and yeah, it's been a long journey. Um, but yeah, there's been times where I wanted to give up and just sack it off and, you know. I even went and worked in a kitchen, man, during fucking during COVID, I was like, the worst thing I ever did, man. I, no, I, I, I don't even cook at home. So working in a kitchen in my friend's restaurant, like was just like the biggest ego dent ever. Like, oh my God, here I am. I used to play at fucking transmission and I'm like cutting up bak choy, you know? Ah, fuck that. Yeah, so I was just like, it was a, a, an awakening for me to go, okay, maybe, it's, maybe you know, I'm, I should not throw what talent I have. Um, out the door and, and just you know get back to basics and, and find the love again and, and thankfully I was able to do that so I guess that has stood me in good stead moving forward now. I guess Covid really helped me because I had no choice. I used to always work with uh, my friend Dave, um, you know he'd help me finish tracks and then when Covid happened you know the, the expense of that I just couldn't you know warrant paying it so I was like okay fuck it I really just have to now do this on my own and then since making that decision and like you know I I, I, I don't know I, I guess I lacked a little bit of confidence in my own abilities and you know since Covid I was just like fuck it and doing it on my own and then I've, yeah I, I've learned so much in those mm. I've been watching tutorials after tutorials and like I said gone back to school and you know, I know exactly what to do and I know exactly how to recreate the signs I'm after. So whereas before, you know, I just get stuck in a loop and, you know, making percussion and that would be it. You know, I just, but now I know, you know, the, the, the mathematics and scientifics behind baseline and kicks and combinations. And, it, it, you know, it's made such a difference to me to actually sit down and learn rather than and learn and be creative and just play about. And, you know, John, it, my manager, asked you, you know, he's, you know, it's never good enough for him when you think it is. You know, it's like, fuck, it's, been, it's a bit of an ego dent. But, um, and, you know, you need someone there to, to push you to, to get your best. I, I have a little bit of a sulk, you know, like when he tells me it's not good enough, <clears throat> I throw my toys out of the pram, have a little bit of a sulk. 
And then the ne next day I get up and go, fuck it, I'm going to prove them wrong and then go listen to that motherfucker. <laughs> well, I mean, looking back at your discography, I mean, yes, we mentioned and laughed, it was 15 years ago, but you have got a, a there is a breath of sound there. What What is Simon Patterson's favourite Simon Patterson track? Favourite? Uh, wait, Us is up there and I'd say Latic is up there and I'd say mm. Solo is one of my favourite tracks and uh, Dogzilla stuff's yeah, they're all, I mean, they're all, they all have a, have a place and a moment, but I mean, I've, I had to pick, I would say, for, for the time of um, what it represented when it came out, it would be Smack or Thump. Yeah, yeah, they were the ones that really kind of like catapulted your name away from yeah. the Dogzilla sound, wasn't it? I remember them coming out and it, and it just rocked the scene. Yeah, it just had a, fre a bit of freshness about it, which I'm trying to re rediscover today, man. Fuck it. That, I had no idea how we did those. Fucking yeah, crazy. Crazy. And will, do you think you'll be able to drop a Dogzilla track in a Trans Sanctuary? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think so. 100%. I think it would work yeah. brilliantly. Yeah. yeah, and and that, and and you, you mentioned obviously the punk vocals. There was a there was a, almost like a punk feel to the Dogzilla sound. There was that kind of like a, it was yeah. different. There was, it wasn't what was coming out at the time, and that was what mid mid noughties, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because wow. Richie was um, he was uh, he was a good singer, um, but mm. yeah, and he had a he had a really unique tone to his voice. Um, and yeah, it, just, it was yeah, electronic-y, punky, especially your eyes. I mean, I know there wasn't mm. much vocal in that, but but the, the, the electronic-y sort of vibe of that track is just it's ridiculous. Oh, it's um, crazy. And yeah, and, and yeah, just, well, I mean, even now it sounds fresh, but yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I'd, I'd love to get some more punkier sort of stuff in my sets. I just, you know what, the thing is, I've the last couple of years, I haven't even been on Beatport. I've just solely been focusing on my own stuff. I really need to go. I'm sure there's tons of people out there who've been making phenomenal tracks. I just haven't heard. I'm so yeah. out of the loop. I'm, I'm one of these people that's all in on something or all out. I'm never, I, I can't. I can't do something half half arse. So mm. I'm either all in this, all in the studio, or all in fitness, or I'm all out getting fat, or I'm not doing any work at all. <laughs> are you at what? What are you at? Are you at the fat or the fit stage right now? Is it? I'm at the fit stage. Fit stage. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's good. Good. So uh, not many people know that you're actually uh, living in Singapore now. Why are you? Uh, why are the move? Well, I I, I um, was dating my my now girlfriend that back uh, then that was three years ago, and then I was just came over to see her, and then COVID happened, and then lockdown happened, and I I, I couldn't get back for five months, and I was just like, okay, I built a life here, I built friends here, and I was like, I'm, I'm not going back. Um, and I, at that time, I was also sort of you know toying with the idea of. You know, I wanted to get a job maybe in Spotify or Netflix and stuff. I was toying with the idea of doing something like that and putting DJing as a on, on the back seat. But, uh, you know, I, I think that you have to learn Chinese here. And I just like, nah, OK, you know what? I, I, let's just spend this time going back to school and, you know, creating and, and, and let's see how I feel. And then last summer was sort of my first time coming back. And I had made so many tracks that for my own that was in my sets that made me give me the buzz again because what was missing before was the fact that I was always just playing other people's stuff and I didn't have enough mine and I was like it's boring it was when I now I have my own stuff it's like okay now I want to play it out so I had that you know but um yeah that's sort of why the love came back again um it's just really important for me also though to have breaks from DJing because the the, the it's quite relentless and um uh, you know, when I'm out of routine, like I say, I'm really out of routine. Um, I have to have structure. So the touring every weekend is it's, it's too much for me. I have to do like one weekend on and two weekends off. 
Exactly. And this is this is another side of, I guess, your journey that maybe some people don't realise is you were obviously based in London, mm. um, working as an A and R. You started off with Dave Lambert, wasn't it? And then went on yeah. worked with Seb Fontaine, and then obviously worked with Judge Jules, which then led on to your resident at the old infamous Cross, the uh, Cross, for the yeah. Serious, which you wow. know that. That's a different time ago, it seems. Yeah, Jesus, man, I was like 21 or something. Wow, <laughs> 20 exactly. years ago. And what was what was your influences back then? Was it because you obviously came across from was it Belfast? Yeah, Belfast. Well, my grandfather was in the music industry, and basically he refused to, to get me a job. And um, he could have easily picked up the phone to Sony and said, "Look, can you help my grandson out?" But he's like, "Fuck that! No, you gotta you gotta finish your studies." Yeah. And I, I, I had been playing professional football like uh, under 16s. Um, I just signed to Leeds, and I had a car crash, uh, mm-hmm. and I couldn't. Pl- I was a goalkeeper, so I couldn't play. Again, um, I just it was like psychologically I wouldn't dive on my left side, so I, it just fucked it up. And yeah. I could. I, I, I just I, I knew I was fucked. So I didn't study, so um, I had my grandfather made me go to like tech, and I spent like three months there. I was like, "Fuck this, man! I'm gonna go to London. I'm just—if you're not gonna help me, I'm gonna just knock on doors." And I did that. I went to London, slept on the streets for two weeks, knocking on doors, like crazy style, crazy stories, like living with homeless people and like just what goes on, man. But I was so fucking hungry to get a job, just so I could tell my grandfather, "Fuck you," because um, he expected me to come back with my tail between my legs, begging him, you know, to sort me out. But no, I, I, no way that was happening. So, um, yeah, then I, I got some jobs um, people didn't understand my accent so they were hesitant of hiring me um, so yeah I got job I just begged people to, to give me work um, I went to Camden Palace every week and you know met Dave Lambert and then eventually after hounding him for a year he was like okay fuck it come on um, and then then I went to work for Incentive uh, with Nick Hawks and Craig Demack um, and then from there Seth Fontaine and Judge Jules but my, 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 my goal was not to be a DJ I, I, I always wanted to just stay in A&R Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and then DJing just came off the back of that. And you found your sound working with Jules? Was that where you... Yeah, I mean, could... he, he'd always been a big... Fa- I've already been a bit... He was my idol, you know, growing up for, for DJing. Mm-hmm. So um, I always, I knew what he was about and I knew his sound. So that, that was the sound I grew up on and that, you know, I knew I could do a good job for him. So I was just, you know, that, that style of old, you know, the 9pm till I come Signum mixes, that era was like, you know, me... You know, Camden Palace. You know, mm-hmm. six AM going absolutely bonkers. Um, th- that's the sound I loved, um, and yeah. So I grew up on that um, older sort of like Signum style and Lost Witness and you know Matt Derry. Um, yeah, yeah. So I love that. I love that stuff. Um, but yeah, when it came to DJing, I also loved you know random techno stuff. Um, so I've always had that in me, and it's just mm. coming out more and more now. Like as you grow up, you're you're taste changes a bit you know um, yeah of course and I uh, yeah so I've just sort of you know I've always had that techie vibe to me but I also always love emotion so it's hard to combine the two but um, yeah that's that's what I'm trying to do now but yeah back in the early days it was sort of Jules and uh, Carl Cox were my sort of influences mm. you're also doing a mix for us for the podcast um, yeah I'm assuming this is going to be like more of an up tempo newer kind of uh, yeah, I'd sounds. say so. I say yeah, I'd say so. I don't, I don't want to give the game plan away of, 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 of you know, people. If I play the, 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 the a producer set on the podcast, then no one's going to turn up to the show, isn't it? Exactly. 
Exactly. So, yeah. Simon, appreciate your time today. It's been a great uh, great chat, and uh, we're really looking forward to uh, your debut at Ministry yeah. on March Yeah, 18th. I appreciate it. Really excited too. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. All right. No worries, man. See you guys there. And yeah, still taking requests, so let's get on it. Nice one. See you in March. Massive thanks to Simon for the chat. March 18th, book it in. He'll be there, armed with some of his biggest tracks. This is the Trance Sanctuary Podcast with Alan Banks.
Stop now, I'm soaring 
catch Simon Patterson at Ministry of Sound in March as Trans Sanctuary celebrates 12 years in operation, which is a monumental milestone. We hope to see some of you there. Other debuts to the party will be Stoneface and Terminal, Ben Gold, Kira McCauley, and we've got some returning favourites, including John Askew, James Diamond, Meta and Glide, Dan Thompson, Everlight, Tasso, Amy Wiles, and Daniel Skyver, to name a few. I'll stop talking, let's get back to Simon Patterson.
the Trance Sanctuary Podcast with Alan Banks.
in the mix massive thanks to Simon uh, for that mix and interview we'll see him and a host of others on March 18th transsanctuary.com if you haven't already secured a place it'll be great to see you there and to celebrate uh, a true milestone for uh, club nights in London and within the trans space not many parties last this long thanks for listening and I'll see you on the dance floor at Ministry of Sound Keep up to date with all our events at transsanctuary.com. Like us at facebook.com slash transsanctuary. Follow us at twitter.com slash transsanctuary.